Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for a while, who's 24-7. And we're talking about Virginia football recruiting this week. So before we get going, kind of breaking down not only the junior day that happened last weekend, but also looking forward to this weekend's visitors. And of course, talking about all the early enrollees on the grounds. Why don't you go ahead and subscribe to this YouTube channel, click on the video and click like on the video, but also ring the bell so that you are notified whenever there is a new video, but also subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast and please rate us and leave us a review that will help us continue to grow this podcast and this YouTube channel, which means more content for you down the line. So let's get to it because honestly, it's been a pretty busy few days for the Virginia football program. Of course, they got a big news where they hired a new offensive line coach in Coach Heffernan. He's coming from Stanford, so he was the offensive line coach there before David Shaw decides to step down from his position. And then Tony Elliott and him started talking about 10 days ago, and then things moved forward pretty quickly, and now he is the new Virginia offensive line coach. That is a very solid get for the Cavaliers. When you look at his experience coaching at a program like Stanford, who has its own academic restrictions, per se, when you look at recruits. They're recruiting the same type of athlete that Virginia does. Often, honestly, they're going head-to-head for a couple of the athletes. And speaking of going head-to-head for a couple of athletes with Stanford, Heffernan is also very familiar with the Virginia area. Actually, he's recruited a few with very forest guys. He's also recruited a few guys in the state of Virginia. So this is a very good get for Virginia. Not only are you getting a former Power 5, well, a Power 5 coach coming in from a Power 5 program to Virginia, another Power 5 program, you have someone who has an NFL experience, which is a plus when you look at what these guys want in the next level. They want someone who has NFL experience to prepare them for that jump from college football to the professional leagues. And then you also have someone who understands what type of kid Virginia is recruiting and looking for on the trail but also he understands the area because once again, Tony Elliott and his staff also want to make sure that they continue to make inroads in the state of Virginia. So I can't emphasize that enough that that was a good hire. Um, And it also was a timely one because they are continuing to recruit and evaluate offensive linemen to join this 2023 class. Obviously we're going to talk about this next weekend's visitors which includes an offensive lineman taking an official visit this weekend, but they're also evaluating other options, including a transfer and also another high school offensive lineman. So again, we're going to be talking about all that moving forward, but I wanted to talk about the bigger news coming out of the weekend. But also, although Heffernan was not part of the contingent of staff members that was available to talk to recruits on Saturday for junior day, this was a very, very successful junior day for Virginia. I want to stress that because last year they did get some guys on campus. Don't forget they had top 24-7 linebacker Chris Jones before he was a top 24-7 linebacker. You also have Heaven Brown Schuler, the very talented defensive lineman from Georgia, the four-star. He was a four-star at that point as well. So they did have some big recruits, Mekhi White, Chance Wiggins, all that. But this one was another very solid effort because of who was on ground. You know, I think since I've arrived in on the beat, I think one of the biggest names that I continuously ask, get asked about is Zaya Rayner. Obviously, his father is a legend among Virginia circles. He played at UVA. He's now a high school recruit. He has a Virginia offer. He was on grounds. 
So they hosted Virginia Legacies, which is something that Virginia has struggled to bring to UVA. They not only they not only welcome Rainer, they also rockered, uh, welcome DJ Tolliver. He is obviously his uh, father and uncle are also former alums of Virginia. So again, this is the type of guys that Virginia wants again in early. They also hosted a number of other very top guys, including top 24-7 linebacker Gervira Williams. And you're noticing a pattern here. And I want to emphasize this because I feel like he does not get enough credit on the recruiting trail. When you often see high-level linebackers on grounds, you got to give credit where credit's due. That is Clint Sintum. He not only secured Cameron Robinson when Cameron was on the edge, him alongside the recruiting staff emphasized that family feel, getting all the coaches at that basketball game, at that in-home, secured the visit. But Clint Sinton was the leader of that recruitment from start to finish. Chris Jones still has Virginia among his among his schools that he's considering. Again, Clint Sinton. Gabriel Williams, the reason why he also is considering Virginia is Clint Sinton. I can't under uh, – him and Kevin Downing have been the bright stars of the last recruiting cycle. So I'm curious to see how they make the jump this recruiting cycle. And again, a lot of the same – you hear a lot about them a lot, especially with Kevin Downing taking a, a bigger approach, it seems, in, this, in the area of Richmond. Zaire Rayner, you know, he was one that mentioned Coach Downing as one of the guys that um, it's his area recruiter. So he's talking to him as well. And uh, I'm looking over the list here because I don't have the best memory anymore. I think kids kind of zap that uh, long-term memory out of you from sleep deprivation. So I'm look, if you're on YouTube, I'm looking at the uh, visitor list. That's why I keep looking down. So again, we mentioned Zay Rayner, Gabriel Williams, uh, DJ Tolliver, uh, four-star corner Assad Brown, uh, defensive back. Uh, those are the guys that had offers. Um, athlete Ethan Miller, Ethan Minter, that is from Thomas Dale, another school that if you're Virginia, you want to get inside. So I'm going to actually probably be easier if I actually make this list available to y'all on here because it's uh, it's kind of overwhelming to see all these guys and not actually see the list so i'm gonna bring that up on screen um so this is the list and again if you're a wahoo's 24 7 subscriber this is the type of content that you will see uh, on a daily basis is like vip scoops of which athletes are on grounds um where the coaches are and the, uh, we generally have up-to-date information like we know where the coaches are today we actually reported on it earlier so again this is the type of content that um we post there so again a very good uh group of guys um, and then uh, on that list, Eric Mensa is also a top recruit that was on grounds. He has a Virginia offer. He is Chris Jones's teammate. Chris Jones is at Penn State this weekend. It's going to be hard to get Chris Jones. I know I said Clint Sintum is doing a good job there. It's going to be hard to get him. But again, it's about being mentioned. It's about getting him on grounds. He was on grounds last year, I think three times. He was Junior Day, Cavalier Cookout in June, and then for a game. So that's three times. So getting him maybe in this month might. <laughs> Is, is probably a high priority here. Makai um, Byerson is also a good local talent. He's been at Virginia quite a few times now. Uh, he picked up the offer early on. Tony Elliott went to his game. I think it was the first game of the season. Tony Elliott was there. He was offered pretty quickly after that. He came to, I believe, two games this past season, and then he's back here for Junior Day. There's a lot of momentum with Virginia here with the Manchester um, Edge standout. So that's one that we, we're, we're continually to follow. And Brian Doan, our recruiting analyst, is actually uh, going to have a story on Byerson later on Tuesday afternoon. He spoke to Byerson, and uh, he's going to talk about that visit with us. We actually have a few 
visitor reactions to on the site. So again, he's he's one to um, to keep an eye on. I, I I would say we're not on commit watch or anything, but I, I like where Virginia is with Byerson at the moment. Um, Ethan Minter is a quarterback. Thomas Day. I was talking to him talking about him a little while ago. Uh, he has an offer, but they've offered as an athlete. I see him more on the defensive side of the ball, Virginia, possibly more in a safety safety position. Coach Radzinski is uh, really keeping an eye on him. His head recruiter is now Downing. So, again, Downing having more of an effect on um, recruiting in that region. Uh, Jamil Allen is an offensive lineman out of the state of Georgia. He picked up an offer over the weekend. He didn't get the ch- chance to talk to Terry Heffernan. But he already knew about Heffernan because he talked to Heffernan when he was at um, Stanford. So, again, that's uh, someone else to uh, look forward to. Um, Trying to think of what else. A lot of the other guys are guys that Virginia are evaluating. Guys like Kamori Dixon from George Washington, linebacker Brandon Binkowski, wide receiver Trenton Clown from the state of North Carolina, um, offensive lineman Kishon Anderson, defensive lineman Kendall Howard, both teammates of DJ Oliver. Uh, TJ Tolliver and an edge rusher, Camden Londonslager from he's a 2025 class, but he's from McDonough and a school that Virginia wants to get in. That's a type of athlete type of full body uh, student that that fits that Virginia profile. Um, he visited and he's he's one to keep an eye on. He's a he's a good kid, good looking kid um, that he doesn't have an offer right now, but I would be kind of shocked if Virginia doesn't eventually offer. And so, yeah, again, this is a very impressive list. Um, and I didn't even mention one of the bigger names, quarterback Christian Martin, Highland Springs signal caller. He was also on grounds. Again, this is a very impressive list. This is the type of list that creates buzz around a program. This is something where Brian Doan and I have spoken a number of times on this podcast. You need this type of momentum. You, Virginia Tech has been doing this for a while now, is getting all these top Virginia players in on grounds, on campus. Or have you? And Virginia, although had like a little bit here, a little bit there, didn't have that big event that really got all these top 20 guys on grounds. And they did in junior day. So this is a very good momentum push. And again, this is what I've been saying since I arrived, since Tony Elliott arrived. 2023 was going to be rough. 2024 is where we judge. And the first impression, good first junior day. So let's see how they do in two weeks when they have another junior day on the 28th. And then this weekend is when they'll have an official visitor, uh, official visit weekend. So um, we're going to talk about the 2023 class in more detail um, a little more after the break. But before we get to the break this week, although they welcomed several visitors, it was also a chance to welcome early enrollees. So they had two early enrollees from the high school ranks, Anthony Colandrea, quarterback out of Florida and Jaden Gibson, the wide receiver out of Georgia. But the big news is the transfers. They were able to get on grounds already. So the first day on Friday, they welcomed three of them. They welcomed quarterback, Tony Musket. They welcomed running back Kobe Pace. And they, they welcomed a more, uh, I guess one of the latest commits cornerback Cam Kelly. Those were three that were, those were um, the guys that were able to enroll on the first day availability on Friday. Then they picked up two more pledges. They picked up um, Uganda Nana and Tavon Kyle. Those two committed uh, towards the end of last week with Tavon committing on Sunday evening. They're also in Charlottesville. And then Malik Washington also made his way to ground. So that's six guys that could make an impact on that depth chart pretty quickly for Virginia at positions of need. At corner, 
at offensive line and at wide receiver. And of course, we're Brandon Armstrong gone to NC State at quarterback. So getting those guys in before winter workouts start on Wednesday, since the first team meeting is Tuesday evening. So getting that in there before that first winter workout on Wednesday is huge for Virginia because those are the guys that are going to be battling for those first team reps. So I know I probably gave you so much information. There was a lot to actually talk about on recruiting, on the recruiting front. So that's why we didn't have, I was playing idea, playing with the idea to bring Brian Doan on, on the podcast today and also Chris Hummer, our national um, college football writer when it comes to the transfer portal. But I felt there was so much information to kind of just talk about as first Virginia recruiting, especially with everything picked up. So wanted to break down kind of the overview of where we are and what we're going to do moving forward as far as like coverage and what Virginia is doing. So that that makes it a little easier when I do bring in guests so that you understand what the stories are currently. So that is junior day covered, a new offensive line coach covered, and also the early enrollees that are currently on grounds. And I expect each one of them to um, fight for playing time. Uganda Nana is the one that has a question mark since he didn't fe feature much for Houston and he has three years of eligibility. So, but the other ones are a little more veteran. And I figured those are the guys that would push uh, the guys currently on the roster a little bit for those starting roles. Um, if you notice, Kyle, Nana, and Kelly do not have their transfer rankings yet on 24-7. We are currently working to get those updated. So again, that's uh, that's those start. Those part of the news. Um, so we're going to take a quick break so I can drink some water. Um, but also just so we can take a little breather. And on the way back, we're going to talk about what's next in 2023 because Virginia is not done. They're still looking to add offensive linemen and uh, DBs. Wide receivers kind of being put in the back burner. I have a source that basically they're saying they're going to focus on corner and offensive line. So that's what we're going to talk about when we get back. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And boy, there was a lot to talk about in that first half of the show. And there's still a lot to talk about because although there was that early signing day in December where Virginia was able to sign a good amount of bodies to their class and a lot of good prospects, they still needed to work in order to secure a few more guys before the February signing period. And honestly, uh, the transfers, again, don't follow that signing day, I guess, timeline. Uh, they were able to add three more transfers during this this period after uh, December. Obviously, they lost Dejon Parker during the time where they didn't have an O-line coach. 
but they were able to add Nana Kelly and Kyle during that period as well at the positions of need. But they are not done. Remember, prior to Dejan Parker flipping to Iowa State, um, no, flipping to Iowa, not Iowa State, flipping to Iowa, Virginia was still looking to possibly add as much as any three offensive linemen. Uh, Tony Elliott says he likes to have 15 and they were at 12. So when Dejan Parker left, they were down to 11. So now they've added Nana. So we're back to 12. So they're kind of where they were on um, early signing day. So theoretically, that means they were still looking at three. Now, the staff is evaluating several options, and it seems like they kind of are more open to possibly adding bodies on, in the high school front. Now, initially, it looked like they were going to try to add more uh, more experience by going to the portal route, and that's true. They're still looking at the portal. They're looking at the ODU transfer. Um, I have a reliable source that says they've reached out to him, and that includes Heffernan. So they are looking at transfers, but they're also looking at high schoolers. Now, one one particular offensive lineman that we have confirmed interest, um, obviously they've confirmed themselves since they offered him, is Jameis Mejia. He's from Oklahoma. He picked up an offer, and he tells us that he'll be taking an official visit. So that is who we're watching right now. So Mejia was offered by offensive corner Des Kitchings. He was the one that kind of took over the recruiting of the offensive line when he didn't have a head coach with 2J leaving to NC State. And Des Kitchens actually went on the first day of the contact period. He went in home with Mejia securing that official visit. Um, Virginia can do more in-home, so that gives a chance for Heffernan to have an in-home with him. And obviously, Tony Elliott has not done an in-home with them yet. So that is also an opportunity for them to recruit even after he visits, he visits grounds. So right now, so that is the visit that we're looking for this week. He's also going to visit Tulsa and North Texas. Um, so th that is who we're watching right now as far as an offensive line target. They are valuing other guys, including athletes that are committed to elsewhere. Um, so they're not done evaluating O-line. It's something like I've been repeating myself quite often when it comes to Virginia's procedures and process when it comes to the offers is that they do evaluate these guys quite extensively. They, they talk to you for a while. So if you're a recruit that's being recruited by Virginia, you're often talking to them quite a bit before they extend an offer. So they're trying to recruit the entire student athlete. So the way the thought process there is not only you have to look at transcripts, they, will, they generally do not want to offer you unless that the transcripts is on par with what they expect. At least there's a plan, a game plan to get you qualified to Virginia. That doesn't mean you're able to get qualified, but the game plan is there and the likelihood is high. So the, once the transcripts are in, then they have the ability to offer. But they also want to make sure the personalities match with them and what the goals are basically the same, kind of getting that model who um, and kind of in that regard. So that's the process. So sometimes that takes a while. Like there's one prospect that they were, you know, evaluating right now at DB where Coach Rodzinski is going to see in person this week. If Coach Rodzinski likes the look of him, likes the feel of face to face, that's when they extend the offer. So again, it's a process. Speaking of, DB, obviously, they added Cam Kelly, which is a good recruit. Uh, he played, like, I could see him at safety, although I think Virginia is looking at a corner right now, but I could still see him at safety, although safety has a very veteran group for Virginia. Obviously, you have Antonio Clares, Yuna Sanker, and Cohen King all returning, and you got Langston Long, although 
I can see Long kind of moving to linebacker. Is that there's nothing official there. It's just that I feel like Long's frame is built for that. So maybe you can see that kind of process there. And that's the case. I can see Cam Kelly kind of going that nickel, maybe safety role. But they also added Tavon Cow at corner. Don't forget, you're losing Anthony Johnson and also Fentrell Cypress. So those, those are big shoes to fill. But they still want more depth at that position. They, they didn't get as many guys that they wanted. So I can see them adding one to two more DBs. So right now, according to a source, they're looking at three DBs currently. We have confirmed one, Devin Clark out of Georgia and Marietta. That's why Coach Rodzinski's in the Georgia this week. Well, Georgia on Tuesday. But then they will be, he'll be able to go to two other defensive backs' homes in the next two days. Those are good and crucial visits to figure out what their next game plan is as far as who they will offer next at DB. So we're confirming those two names. We have been told those names, but we aren't reporting them yet because we're confirming um, basically where they are with these two athletes before we report their names. Um, because again, it's a process. Again, these... <laughs> Where are they in these process? Generally, I'm okay of saying like, these are the guys that are evaluating. But when we're trying to nail down where they are in the process, like how close are they offering? We've heard that there's three student athletes that they're close to offering or just kind of evaluating that. So we've confirmed one, Devin Clark, and we're looking at two others. I can tell you they're both from Southern states, kind of like in that Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama region, the Southeast. That's where they're recruiting a lot from, which is very, 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 very smart because it's overloaded with talent and not everybody will go to Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, you name it. Not all of them will end in the Southeastern conference. So going there and going to see some of the underrated guys is a very, very good and very smart plan for the Cavaliers. So that's the plan moving forward. Corner safety. Well, mostly corner. Um, so corner and offensive line. That's your big wish list before that February signing period. And then possibly when you get to the transfer portal again, because don't forget the transfer portal will close on Wednesday on the 18th. So they're going to move away from the transfer portal a little bit, and then they're going to focus on high school recruits again, spring evaluation visits and all that. And then the transfer portal will open once again after spring football, and that's when you might see maybe a wide receiver being looked at because, again, they're going to examine what they have in spring and then possibly some uh, Virginia players will enter the portal as well. So it kind of goes both ways. So that's that. So we've covered a lot in this podcast. Um, I just uh, wanted to kind of break down the big headlines as far as Virginia recruiting. Their impressive haul in junior day, getting a lot of those guys on grounds. Obviously hiring an O-line coach. Early, enroll early enrollees already on grounds. And then what's next for the 2023 class. So this is kind of like your Cliff Notes version of Virginia football recruiting. So if you want the full in-depth version of the Virginia recruiting, make sure you subscribe to us on Wahoo's 24-7, where I give you a little bit more of the in-depth coverage of where Virginia coaches are. We have visitor lists, um, who's visiting when. We also tell you when most of the time we can gather where recruits are visiting elsewhere, like Penn State had a very big junior day, Virginia Tech is slated to have a very big junior day this weekend and also the last weekend um, as well. And they're going to be competing head-to-head -head with Virginia Tech on, on that junior day. So again, we'll be keeping a monitor of all that. So if you ever have any questions, you can just follow me on at JackieFran underscore. And if you're a subscriber, who's 24-7, just leave me a question on our message board. So 
Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll be right back here on Thursday to talk about Virginia men's and women's basketball. So we'll see you then. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.